it is scary, but I thought to myself, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. This is Pulling Up Facing Fears. And welcome to Pulling Up Face and Fears, Season 2, Episode 4. My name is Danica, your host. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. I've been having so much fun. Things are moving this time around. I feel like I've been uh, taking more time to plan, taking more time to connect, taking more time to just like really dig into this, and I've been enjoying it so much. But it's not about me. Today is all about my next guest, my homie, somebody that uh, I have mentioned like in the last two episodes. He's been getting plenty of free pub, but I'm really happy to have him here. Uh, He is a comedian, a writer, a chef, but we will speak about that. And also the commissioner of the coolest kickball team in the 805, my homie Mac. What's going on? Hi, Danica. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for stopping by. Like I said, people need to know who you are, bro, because you've been mentioned in like the last two episodes. And I'm like, why don't we just bring him in so people can get this energy, you know, to see what's going down, to see what's going down, because people are asking, they're like, who is this Mac person? And I'm like, you'll find out. You're like, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just you wait. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so welcome. That's the main reason why I wanted to bring you on, talk to you, uh, let people get a feel of all of the things that you do, bro. Like you're very, very active in the community, just all over, just doing a bunch of different things. You wear a bunch of different hats. And you're telling um, me. yeah, so I think it's going to be a great episode. Thank you. Yeah, let's do it. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, let's take it back and we'll touch briefly, obviously, on all of your endeavors. But why don't we start with comedy? I had an opportunity to check you out at Levity Live. I think mm-hmm. it was one of your earlier gigs. One of my very first gigs. One of your very first gigs. And it was really yeah. cool to see you like in your element. And, you know, Levity Live is a really cool venue. It's like awesome it's the nicest venue in this area yeah Yeah. absolutely and so i'm like check out mac and it was a great set so Mm -hmm. congratulations with that but i want to know like where you got the itch to want to do stand-up uh so the itch kind of started um years ago actually um i was living with a roommate at the time who was like who um, was super into performing arts uh, mm-hmm. in high school. Cool. And he was telling me about how much fun it was to be a part of an actual production, you know, being a part of a play. Yeah. You know, you're able to jump into a character that you that you aren't normally ever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I work at, you know, I'm a mailman, but today I get to be a Viking or something or whatever. Yeah. You know, and that for him was really, really cool. And seeing that fascination through his eyes, I was like, dude, I got to try it. You got to try something. So I, that summer, this is like four or five, six years ago. I can't even remember. 
I signed up for an improv class out in LA uh, with the Groundlings. Okay. And the Groundlings is like a very prestigious improv class. Wow. And okay. a lot of actors um, have come through there. Like Flo, you know, the girl that does progressive, the commercials. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She graduated through um, through the Groundlings. And she's hilarious. She's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> you, learn a lot of, you learn a lot of improv. You learn how to act. And you learn how to be very present mm-hmm. with, uh, with acting. And so I just, I signed up for like a very beginner's course. Really? And I did like six to eight weeks. And then um, the opportunity came up to go into like the next tier. But I just got busy with my work schedule that I didn't go on with it. Right. But then um, I had friends kind of like telling me like, dude, you need to do stand up because you're like, you're kind of funny. You're you know? very funny. I try, I try like to be. Naturally just yeah. high energy. High energy. Very kind of like, goofy. Don't think, <laughs> I don't take things very seriously. I know what you mean. You do. You know what I mean? But I do, but I don't. You don't take like life in yourself super seriously. Exactly. Serious. Because like you, there's no reason to go through life like with this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you that can't see this, I'm just making like a frowning face. But Like a, a Scrooge McDuck yeah, type of Yeah. There's no face. reason to go through life with this. I mean, no, there's a lot of stresses, but it's like there's no real reason to focus on the stressors because it's like there's so much more to live for. Absolutely. So um, I tried stand up and it was very horrible <laughs> like my very first one it was so bad really yeah um i had a question lined up for you later and it, it was like did you have a show that you like completely bombed oh i've had many and, really? I, and I still do and granted right now I'm, i've been so busy with like my own business where i don't really have the freedom to do as much stand-up as i was a couple years ago mm-hmm. um because before the pandemic i was driving out to la four times a week wow you know and I would do f- anywhere from four to eight sets per week. That's and awesome. And now it's that schedule is just not, it's not feasible anymore. So but, how did you push through like those those bad shows or or the shows where you bombed? Obviously, you gave yourself plenty of at bats. So mm-hmm. I, I guess you figured next one might be the one or yeah. something. But when you're in the middle of that show mm-hmm. and you see things aren't going the way that you would hope, yeah. like how are you pushing through that? What's going through your mind? Uh, it's it's a whole jumble of things to be honest because I've had jokes where I you know, I make a joke about something and like, I could tell that the crowd's not feeling it. And I'm like, and me granted, I'm like, I would never even label myself as a comedian yet per se, because again, we're in this strive of trying to be this one thing, I guess, but, right. and I'm wearing so many different hats, but yes, you know, I guess I, I would more, more so call myself an aspiring comedian, Okay, you know, someone who would like to be able to do this as sure. a, for a living and for an income. Absolutely. But, um, being able to push through that on stage is, it's unlike something else because you, I mean, I'm sure everyone has. They've told a joke to their friends and it doesn't <laughs> land. And you're like, oh, that four of my friends aren't really laughing. They're not, This yeah. is kind of humiliating. But yeah, imagine doing that to like. With like a, okay. Yeah, you're like, all right, cool. I guess I'm the only one that finds this funny. <laughs> I guess I'm done. But imagine doing that to 30 to 50 people. And these are small amounts of people. Right, you know? right. And like, wow. you just have to kind of push through and just, you know. The next thing I got coming is got some heat. And mm-hmm. I think the the only way to really pursue that is like the enthusiasm. Like, yeah, you have to like you have to make it known to them visually that that didn't bother you. Good, good. And, and that, that's what I was thinking. Maybe if you, as soon as it's on your face, then they're oh, yeah. feeding off they of see, that as well. Yeah. I mean, you're like basically swimming with swimming with sharks in the water at that yeah. point, because like you have to like 
because you are the conductor of laughter. And mm -hmm. if those people can see that you're stressed out, mm -hmm. they're going to stress out too. And they're going to be like, this guy doesn't have everything handled. It's true. Yeah. It's I mean, true. how gnarly would it be if a plane was going down and like the pilot, he's he's got the plane under control. He's like, we're going to get out of this. Yeah. But the pilot comes out of the cockpit and it's like, guys, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> we're freaking out. <laughs> we're going down. Hey, get your parachutes. Yeah. Jump everybody out. get your parachutes. But if like the pilot comes out composed and it's like, hey man, I know we're like, guys, this plane's going down, but I got this under control. We're going to get through this. Like, like this is just turbulence. This guys. is just turbulence, just turbulence. folks. Ladies We're and gentlemen, sit back, grab a cocktail, and we got We're this. We're just nosediving. Yeah. No base. Nosediving. Hey, if anything, we're going to go down with some style points, you know? So, <laughs> we're like, shut up. Shut up. We got this handled. So, like, again, I think it's when you are able to show confidence yeah. and sh show enthusiasm. I think that's when the people are like, okay. Like, it's one joke. It's not a big deal. Absolutely. He's got more. You know, he's got another, what, 10 minutes? That's great. So, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And and that's so true. I've hosted, you know, some events mm -hmm. and uh, did a lot of, like, high school tours when I was early on in radio. We mm -hmm. go, we, like, give out Six Flags tickets so and fun. shit like that. And mm, kids are mean. Oh, they're so mean. They're, they're the, so mean. They're the rudest. They are the rudest. So I'll be there with my little microphone. And like, showing, hey, like, you're excited about this stuff. Dance contest. Yeah, da -da 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 -da. right? And Hyping they're just people looking up. at me like, who Why does she this? think she's so cool? Yeah. I'd be like, okay, Six Flags tickets. And then they gather They're all, around. like, texting. They're like, mm, who's this loser on stage? They're, yeah, like, tweeting about it. no real talk. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, high schoolers, you're so cool, aren't you? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Forget the radio station but it's like you can't do that no <laughs> you can't do that you just gotta you know like you say keep the enthusiasm up mm -hmm. oh, i love it i can totally relate i can totally relate <laughs> um so i know you've been saying that it's about three to four years that you've been doing it mm -hmm. um but as soon as you kind of like got the itch did you have any comedic influences that you kind of wanted to pull from or was there anybody in the past that you've always just loved and you're like that's what i want so you know, I think, I don't think I had a very early influence as mm -hmm. a kid. Like, you know, I think my dad, my very first taste of comedy when I was a kid was watching my dad watch comedy and he yeah. would watch George Carlin. Okay. And George Carlin is like a legend for anyone who like follows comedy. And George Carlin is like very intelligent. He's like, he says a lot of like crass stuff, a lot of thought provoking comedy mm -hmm. and it's very intellectual. Yeah. And I, as a kid, I didn't get it, you know, but as I got older, I really appreciate like someone like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart has a very transparent comedy act. As the storytelling. Well. His storytelling, his ability to be 100% authentic. Once yeah. you see up there is what you get. Right. You know, granted, it is an exaggerated, um, exaggerated version of his personality. Right. But at the end of the day, it's Kevin Hart on stage, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. I think um, someone like. Tom Segura is another one. His ability to be able to tell a story gets you to kind of in the story. You feel like you're there. Yeah. I think those are great influences that I've kind of like tried to capture. And like it, it takes time to be able to get to that type of transparency. Yeah. Because when I was when I first started doing comedy, I was making jokes about like, you know, hey, what's up with lotion these days? I don't <laughs> you, whatever. And now I'm just now starting to get comfortable talking about me on stage great and that's taken a long time and even when i jump up on stage it's not the best but i know that i'm trying to get to a better version of myself on stage so. that's amazing and and yeah. i was gonna ask you like when you're prepping a set or something because people think that you just walk up and you just act silly or no. just tell knock knock jokes or some dumb shit like that when it's like no you have to prepare 
Mm -hmm. have to try your jokes out in front of people yeah. before you get on stage. But when it comes to preparation for your gigs, where do you like to pull your inspiration from? Is it everyday life, pop culture? I, I try to zone in on myself, what I think is funny, because there is a like a small portion of truth where if anyone thinks something is funny, it's probably funny. Yeah. And for me, I know that I try to pull from like my past, my life, because that's the stuff that I know. I'm not going to try I'm I'm someone that doesn't really dive into much, too much like pop culture. I kind of live underneath a rock. Yeah. But like what <laughs> I can talk about is the stuff that affects me in my day to day right. and like what I've gone through. And that's a lot easier to pull from because it's stuff that I, I'm the one that's gone through it. Absolutely. And I'm the one that can make this funny because I made a joke because I I was adopted when I was a kid. One of my earliest jokes was about adoption. Really? Yeah. And it was like, I can make fun of this because this is something that I've experienced. Yeah, you lived it. Yeah, I've lived it. I can make jokes about me being an African male and I shop at Whole Foods and I'm like, <laughs> I don't really feel like I fit in here because there's so many white people here. But like, I think that's funny. And it's right. like, that's my own experience. I'm not going to try to talk about someone else's experience. You know? And I think uh, when it is pulling from, like you said, your own experiences, yeah. like you get to play with the perspective. Exactly. You get to play with the perspective and maybe people might not see it that way right. but if you can explain it and why it's and funny present it in a way mm -hmm. where i think it's funny like there's a joke that i talk about me going into um home goods yeah why is an african male like going into a home goods and smelling candles with a bunch of a house housewives <laughs> you know but i think there's some funny in that yeah you know? absolutely and it it is what it is but i mean there is like you know being able to be that transparent on stage and be able to share that experience with others i think that is what resonates with others because for sure. he is being transparent. For sure. And you never know, like, depending on who's in the crowd, yeah. there might be somebody that has experienced that with you and probably thought the same thing. Like, what the fuck am I smelling sandalwood yeah. candles for in home goods it creates like, relatability yeah and that's the thing where people when they go to a comedy show they want to know who's up on stage and if they're able to connect with that one person that's on stage mm -hmm. because there's nothing different between me and the people that are in the crowd there's right. nothing different i'm just the one holding a microphone yeah. that's the only thing man that's great that's awesome yeah. um i loved how you referenced your your father back in the day my dad was big like dvds and dvds mm -hmm. and dvds of deaf comedy jam of of so many different comics and uh he watched that more than he watched like regular films yeah. and movies so me and my brothers when we get together it's a shit show of oh, wow. us just cracking jokes and just building on top of it it's We're, the riff Yes, we're we're so dumb, but it's it's how we bond yeah. and it all stems from a lot of the comedy that my dad used to watch like back in the day like goofy, we're dumb. Mm -hmm. It's so funny, but that's awesome. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Thanks, of course. I know we talked about a show that you bombed, but uh what about a show or a gig that you completely killed and kicked ass in? So, there are I would say more shows that I bomb than more shows that I've succeeded at for sure mm -hmm. on my like on my scoreboard for sure um but it it honestly like um uh, it feels good when you do like do a set well yeah and you're like wow this is why i do it you yeah know? but when you bomb you, it's it takes a crazy individual to like want to get up on stage after bombing because it doesn't oh, yeah. feel good oh yeah you know like you're like wow i am really going to question my life now 
Absolutely. You know, you're Absolutely. like, not why am alive. I even doing this? <laughs> not here live, you know? but I know, what, I know what you mean. Yeah. Where you're just like, maybe this isn't. <laughs> this isn't it. Why would anyone it. want to put themselves through that type of ridicule? You got to be absolutely <laughs> crazy. I, I had a guest. His name was Lil Joe. And I, I gave him a quote at the end. And it, it was basically like success and like insanity are next door neighbors. Yeah. Because it's like, like you said, there's so many failures before you get to. You that, have to be a certain type of insane to like want to keep doing that. Yeah. Where yeah. like you're like, I'm going to fight through this because this isn't that bad. The, the good's <laughs> coming out on the other end. It's like, like that meme with the, with the mask, with yeah. the happy face, but yeah. the tears are rolling yeah. down on the other side. Or like the, the dog that's sitting in the house fire. It's like, mm -hmm. this is fine. This is, this is cool. Good. This, this is part it. of the process. <laughs> I love this. But no, it, it's absolutely like that. And I've, I've had my moments. I'm sure we all have had our moments where it's something that you know you could do mm -hmm. um but outside factors might kind of rattle you a little bit yeah. but the only way out is through like if it was supposed to be easy from the very beginning everybody would do it. everybody would do it yeah. and that's not the fucking case that's not so, the case nobody's uh, dying so uh new comics if there was somebody that was thinking about getting into comedy or somebody that is a little bit novice like you are mm -hmm. what advice would you give them with the experience that you've kind of accumulated so far uh i would say <laughs> as cliche as this is <laughs> and i'm sure you know what i'm what i'm already gonna say is just say it anyway just do it just do just it just do it like try Nike. it try it because like i the way i see it is that we're all going to be 80 90 years old at some point and mm -hmm. i do not want to have the thought of damn i really wanted to try that there was there was a quote that i've read a long time ago that I was like, well, that's sticking with me. There's yeah. some quotes that just stick with you. But it was, I would rather have a life of oh wells than what ifs. That's great. And it was like, yeah, all Fuck right. Yeah. I and like, like that. I don't know. There was like, I wanted to try it. I tried it. And then I was like, I, and then I saw other people that have been doing it for 10 to 15 years. Uh -huh. And you see them on stage and you're like, I want to get that good. Right. You know, right. and you're like, Okay, well, how do I do that? And it's like, you just got to stick with it. You just got to do it. Yeah. There's no other way. And yeah. I'm telling you, there's no magic wand. There's no fairy godmother. There's, there isn't. There's no fucking, uh, what is it? Michael's secret stuff. There's like no, on yeah, Space there's Jam. nothing there. Honestly, I think what the cool thing is about it is that if you do try it, and you find out that you don't like it, mm -hmm. at least that's another experience that you got underneath your belt and you can talk about how bad the experience was. It's true. You can you can stuff it in anyone's face. They're like, yeah, well, I had, the, I had no fear and I tried it and I found out that, yeah, stand-up's not for me. There's a new respect for it. Yeah. And now I have, you know. It's crazy because yeah. we, we are so afraid to take risks and what's the worst thing, honestly, that could happen by trying and not succeeding nothing at all nothing you still keep living i got a, a mental note for myself because i'm still bad about it you know we all have our, our times and things get a little like uh, yeah. am i sure i want to no oh, maybe i shouldn't yeah and it's like no fuck that stepping outside of your comfort zone you learn a lot about yourself mm -hmm. you know you're mm -hmm. like oh wow i found out that i really don't like public speaking this is not for me <laughs> <laughs> let me not ever yeah. again <laughs> well cool that's awesome I'm, I'm so happy that you're sticking with it and I think like you said with the time things are just going to get better and better you're going to mm -hmm. get more and more comfortable mm -hmm. and shit you're you're on your way bro honestly I appreciate so, that 
Yeah, you're welcome. Not only do you make people laugh, but you're pretty kick-ass in the kitchen. And I know we had a little conversation in regard to what you would call yourself. Mm -hmm. But uh, where did you get your first start as a chef? I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) Uh, First start, gosh. Um, I remember one of my earliest memories, honestly, was literally grabbing... Uh, a bowl out of my kitchen. I think I was like, I want to say I was like four or five years old. Mm-hmm. But I grabbed a bowl out of the kitchen and I filled it up with water. And then there was my mom and dad had salt and pepper shakers on the on the dining room table, mm-hmm. and I would just literally mix it. And that was like me creating salt. something. I don't salt, know what I was doing, water. but I was creating something. Yeah, and in you know kids' imaginations like mm-hmm. that, you're like, bro, I'm making. I'm again. making whatever it is. Yeah, doesn't matter. Whatever it is. They don't, yeah. Now try it. Here it is. Here, mom, I made salt and pepper water. You know, (laughs) try it. Try it out. And then another early memory was me making pancakes really, really early in the morning. I think I woke up like, I think I was like a goody two shoes. And I was like, mom, dad, I'm going to make pancakes this morning. And uh, I made pancake batter. You know, my mom had a cookbook in the kitchen and I made, I followed a recipe. Wow. And then we had a griddle, which covers two burners on a stovetop. They have uh-huh. a flat side and then they have the, the griddle side where you normally do burgers or something on. Yeah. And I couldn't remember what side to put the pancake batter on. Mm-hmm. So I poured it on the griddle side oh. and everything burned. The whole kitchen filled with smoke. My oh, mom came no. downstairs. She's like, what's going on? I was like, I tried to make pancakes. I'm sorry. That typical like movie scene where yeah. it's like, I tried to make you breakfast yeah. in bed, mom. And I tried. Look at the kitchen now. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that was another early memory. And I, I don't know. I just liked, I liked what food did when I was younger mm-hmm. because my mom and dad were so adamant about all of us. I'm an only child for those of you who don't know, but my mom and dad were very adamant about having dinner together as a family. Like there'd be times where I'd come home from school and I'd be like, I don't want to eat with you, (laughs) you know? And my mom and dad were like, you're eating with us as a family. Right. This is what we do together. It's glue. It's glue. It's really glue. I, I think as I got older, I realized like how powerful food is. And Mm -hmm. it's like literally the formation of a bond, Yeah, you know, whether it's an out of town friend an acquaintance or someone you want to get to know. Right. What are you going to go do? You're going to go eat or make them a meal. Exactly. And I think with that, it's like with food is creating that bond. And that's something that all like all cultures share. Yeah. We're all all sitting around a table and eating. Exactly. And we're breaking bread together. And I think that was really cool. And I like, you know, just watching my mom cook because that's where my mom did all the cooking. And like it was amazing watching her work two to three different jobs and she'd come home and still somehow ma- manage to get dinner on the table. Moms are incredible. Moms are incredible. They really are. They, they are superheroes. They, they do are. not get enough credit. Yeah. So. Yeah. So before we got started, um, you kind of said that you use the term chef kind of loosely. Mm-hmm. I thought that what you had to say was kind of interesting. Do mm-hmm. you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So um, personally, I would never... I would never call myself a chef. If someone's like, Mac, what do you do? I would never be like, I'm a chef. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. Um, I just think that with what I do, I don't think that I've necessarily earned that title. I think there's a lot of people in the industry that are working their asses off Yeah. Um, that have been in the industry, have either gone to school or you know learned from the school of hard knocks yeah. in the culinary world and have worked to get up to this title and still have not acclaimed that title. Right. And here I am coming in from out of nowhere coming in as a home cook and be like, all right guys, I'm a chef now. Yeah. And it's like, uh, what? You've never even worked as like a line cook before. What you gives know you the right? You don't know nothing about Le Cordon Bleu. Yeah, you don't know nothing about all that stuff, you know, <laughs> or like all these fancy terms. And it's like, there's still things that I'm learning. Right. And like, there's a lot of people that have been in the industry 
longer than I have and they see me doing what I do and they're like, you could definitely do this better. And I'm like, well, you honestly, I think I just take it with like, you know what? I'm going to put my humility to the side and my ego to the side and just be like, yeah, I know I do need to keep learning. You're showing your respect to the craft. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's important. But as I said earlier, uh, labels kind of bother me now in 2021 going into yeah. 2022 because we have learned that we're we're so capable of so many different things mm -hmm. and it really just comes down to the work that you put in yeah. and and how you can inspire others while doing it exactly so i think there is like a small form of imposter syndrome i don't know where that comes from imposter the, syndrome is crazy it's a real thing it's real and it's funny because like there are every there's sometimes where i have this thought where i'm like what if someone like reaches out to me and they're like oh yeah mac you think you know so much? How about you do this? And I'm yeah. like, I don't know how to do that. Or are they, they challenge gonna, are they you to tell like, every one of my people that know me that I'm not a real chef? They're gonna challenge you to like fucking Iron Chef or yeah. something. And, and then like, I show Here's up and like shallot. Now make a four course meal. Yeah, Go. I'm like, oh, I don't. What's a shallot? You know? I'm like, or like make a make a croquette. I'm like, what's that? You yeah. know? And I'm like, oh god, I feel it. Everyone's feel gonna know it. that I'm not a real chef. <laughs> you know? So yeah. No, I get it. But even some of the most esteemed chefs they're not done learning either they're not so you know like i said you just take it with a grain of salt the humility is great mm -hmm. and and all of that just being very humble about it but you are offering a service to people mm -hmm. like you said that brings people together yeah. and and all of that so that's amazing which leads me to my next point <laughs> uh you are the owner of the prep service max meals what made you decide to actually like jump out the window and go into business for yourself oh man um well, it kind of all started with uh, three or four years ago. I started, I wanted to do a Spartan race. Really a Spartan race? A Spartan, yeah, a Spartan wow. race. And um, I knew that I had to really train for it because mm -hmm. I, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. They're crazy. They're they're insane. Yeah. Um, anyone who like just does that for fun, I don't know how they do that. Like, for why would you fun. put yourself through that type of pain? So they can be like, ah, no, like, yeah, I'm, I'm better than you because I did a Spartan <laughs> race. You know, I want to do one. Yeah, it's like those people that ride their bike to the office. They're like, yeah, I'm better than you because I better. ride my bike to the office. Ergo, very very clean. We're all cocky about it. <laughs> like, oh, interesting. You're just contributing to the world being on fire. Cool, tight. That's no, awesome. Yeah. Good for but you. um yeah, so I started meal prepping for myself and I was doing it for probably like a couple months. A couple of my friends were like, dude, that's awesome that you do that. Can you do that for me? And I was like, sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. You know, I was posting on Instagram. And then it, it just I was cooking for like one buddy a week at, you know, for a couple months. Uh -huh. You know, and some weeks they wouldn't order. And then all of a sudden that word kind of got out. And then I started for cooking for like two to three people a week. Wow. And then all of a sudden it's I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm making a little bit of money from this. I should start like maybe I should really ramp this up. Yeah. So I started announcing on my on my Instagram. I was like, hey, I'm taking on meal prep clients if you guys want to start doing this, you know. That's dope. Super organic. And then all of a sudden, within like six to eight months, I was cooking for probably six to eight people a week. Wow. And I was doing this out of my house. And yeah. it became like a full side hustle. And I was doing it for two and a half years. Wow. Cooking for eight people a week. And I was cooking anywhere from 60 to 80 meals out of my house on Holy a Monday. Shit. And I would start at seven in the morning. I wouldn't be done until four. And then people would pick up their food from my house. Wow. And then, wow. Uh, and then it got to a point where the pandemic happened. And I was mm. only cooking for about six to eight people a week. And that was the only thing that was really keeping me afloat. Right. And I was like, okay, this is my only source of income. Mm -hmm. This is nuts. And then it got me through the whole pandemic. And then the restaurant that I work at, Slate Bistro out in Camarillo. Yeah. I was telling the owner, I was like, hey, man, this is what I'm doing as a side hustle. 
I don't really know what the next step is because I can't take on any more clients because I can't cook for any more food. I don't have the facility. I don't have the means. I don't have the manpower to take on any more clients because it takes me all day to cook for all my clients. Right. Cooking for 80 meals. Hell yeah. It's a lot of food. That's a lot of fucking Tupperware. Yeah, it's a lot of Tupperware. <laughs> and so I told him and he's like, well, our schedule has changed uh, mm-hmm. during the pandemic. We're now closed on Sunday. So if you want to use the kitchen on Sunday, amazing. why don't you do that? Man, shout and out so, to like, Slate. Wow. Shout out to Vince. Vince Pollard out at Slate Bistro. He's been like such a gem, such a influence in this whole thing and this whole embarkment. Wow. And now I've gone from literally which was a side hustle, is now a full-blown business. Mm -hmm. And I'm now no longer cooking for six people a week. I'm now cooking for anywhere from 40 to 50 clients a week. Wow. I'm no longer doing 68 meals a week. I'm doing about 350 to 450 meals a week. Insane. No, I love that. I need an applause button. Like, woo. That's (laughs) fucking awesome. Shout out to your first set of clients that were like really on it and very consistent. I know how hard it can be, you know, to gain and keep clientele and keep consistent people people to yeah. come back so all of your supporters like early on like insanely shout out to blessed. them insanely blessed you know what i'm saying I, i'm still cooking for some of my earliest people and mm-hmm. they've been with, they've been rocking with me for like three four years now wow, and i'm like awesome. you guys are have been so loyal and i would not have gotten here if it wasn't for you guys right. because you guys have kind of paved that way for me loyalty is yeah. everything guys for support real, your friends real. i love it so uh like you said you're cooking for 30 40 people you're cooking hundreds of meals you're mm-hmm. full-blown business yeah like what has going into business for yourself what has it taught you like the biggest lessons i would say uh biggest lessons i think i'm still learning with them every day i mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of doubt there's a lot of um I, I still think about it now. I'm like, should I stop doing this and just do something else? Like, is this like, I think there's a lot of questioning if you're in alignment or not. Right. Because now you're like, I'm making this a business and it's not where exactly where I want it to be, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm in this stage of it's going to be here for a minute and then I graduate to the next stage. Yeah. But while you're in that stage of like, it's not necessarily where I want it to be, you're like questioning if you are in alignment. For sure. You know, so I think that's a lot of like combative thoughts that you have to kind of like, really stay on top of yeah i would say that that's like some pretty tremendous growth though in the in the time period that you've been doing it 100 so i would just stick with it it's Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like those um rough patches and it the first place that's always affected is in your mind you know and it kind of comes after your confidence and shit like that but uh considering how long you've been doing it and how much growth that you've had i would from the outside looking in i would say that's Pretty aligned, bro. I appreciate <laughs> it's it. Pretty aligned. I think when I, I think what makes me feel in alignment is when I start hearing from clients, when I start hearing like how much value I'm bringing to them. Mm-hmm. Because there was one, there was probably literally about a month ago, I had a delivery driver um, call out. So I had to be the one that delivered my food really? to uh, a client's house. And I walked up to someone's doorstep and the guy opened up the door and he's like, Mac, I've never met you before because I always order delivery, obviously. Uh-huh. But I want to let you know that your food is amazing. I've lost 27 pounds wow. in the past two months. And I was Man. like, get out of here. He's like, I go to the gym in Ventura. We did a challenge. I was the number one runner. There you go. And he's like, people are asking me, how did you do it? How did you do it, Greg? And he, Greg is his name. He was like, I did it because of Max Meals. And there I was like, go. holy crap. And 
situations like that are so cool because you get to realize how much bigger it is. It's not just yeah. food prep. It's, it's not, not. It's you're it's helping change people's lives. Absolutely, you're helping absolutely. them get healthier. I had a client show up. She was picking up food. She's been ordering with me for weeks now, um, months even. Mm-hmm. And she showed up. She was like, Mac, do you use any salt in your food? And I was like, yeah, of course I'm using salt. And she's like, well, I went to the doctor and I was at risk for diabetes and now I'm not. Wow. And she, the doctor said it was because of my salt intake and or her salt intake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy snot. Like I'm actually doing, it's more than just the food. For it's real? more than just the creativeness of the food. It's exactly. how much value this is giving to people. Mm-hmm. And I think that has been like, huh. All right. Maybe I am in alignment. Absolutely. So I think that's been cool. I know that the money's not really matching up, but who cares? Like mm-hmm. I'm adding so much value to these people. And it's like, if I can keep doing that, I, I'm all for it. Value is value. Value is value. And it's like if it's not monetary yet, it's like you gotta you gotta You're kinda write off the value their life. for somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more you do that, the more consistent you stay with that, the money is sure to follow. Yeah. It's it's on the way. You You're know making what I mean? a mark. You're making an impression on someone's life. Mm-hmm. And now someone can look back and be like, I got healthier because of such and such. Right. And it's like, oh wow, like I played a key role in their life, in their turnaround. You know, and they're like, I'm going to make it back. And isn't that like more valuable? 100%. If you think about it. Is yeah. It, it's a it's an imprint forever. So exactly. Because we're not taking anything with us when we when we go to this grave, you know. Exactly. So it's exactly. like if I can leave that mark on someone's life, then by all means, I did what I had to do in this life. There you go. So, you know. So do you have a favorite person to cook for or a specialty, your favorite thing that you do like to cook? Um, it, Honestly, if I'm cooking for anybody. Um, it's just, I just like cooking for, for people in general. I think it's everyone's your favorite. Yeah. Everyone's my favorite because it's like, I get to be able to do this one thing that I love doing Mm -hmm. and I get to try to impress you Mm -hmm. and I get to try to blow your socks off, you know? And I think with being able to cook for people, it's, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. It's by far one of the nicest things that you can do for someone. Yeah. Because like you're literally nourishing someone's soul. You're nourishing their their whole mind, body, and soul. And like what you put in is like generally how you're probably going to feel. So if you're mm. putting in garbage on a plate, you're probably going to feel like garbage. I have this face because I'm like, uh, I need to start cooking more for the people I care <laughs> about. Because all I'm, all I'm saying is like, hey, you trying to hit up your house or right? something? Um, but like, I feel that and it's a 100%. Like, I can think back to going to a cousin's house or mm-hmm. just going to my grandmother's house yeah. and, and being so excited after school because grandma's going to cook tonight right. and it's about to be so fire and just really excited. Mm-hmm. So it is the the nourishment. And like you said, one of the nicest things that you can do for somebody to even take the time and just create for them. Yeah. It's something that's going to be really satisfying. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really cool about that is that the ability, like being on the other end of like being the cook, you get to kind of take an ingredient, like something that someone would like, oh, I don't like mushrooms, but oh you present gosh. it in a different way and then you kind of blow their mind off of that. I know somebody like that. Yeah. Don't and eat like, nothing. yeah, I don't need any of that. But when you change their perspective on something, mm-hmm. that's cool because you're like, yeah. I just provoked thought out of a dish that I made for you. Mm-hmm. That's you didn't really even cool. know that you was didn't even know. bell pepper. Right. <laughs> I did it in a different way. So now I'm going to ask for advice for new chefs or people that are playing around in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah. So I think in my earlier years of like being like chasing after this idea of me wanting to be a chef, because 
I think in high school, I like really wanted to be. I was like, I want to yeah. be a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got older, I was just like, I was like, I'm not going that that same route as what a traditional quote unquote chef would go through. Right. But like in my earlier years, I was doing internships. I was working in kitchens um, really cool. early on for free. Mm-hmm. I was just doing it for hours, learning, just um, observing, just observing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like wondering if this is the life for me. And yeah. then um, obviously just, you know, practicing your craft at home whenever you got the chance. When I started making um, a little bit more money after high school, I was able to go out to grocery stores and actually buy ingredients that I wanted to, to yeah. get. Like, because when I was a kid, it was just on my parents' dime. Right. But absolutely. when I got a job out of high school and then after college, I was making a little bit more money and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, if I want parsley, I can go out and get it, you know? And like, <laughs> I can like use it as a to, garnish. You're trying to like figure, like, what's in the cabinet today? What proteins do we have and what yeah. can I create with what is here? Exactly. And that's what it was when I was living with my mom and dad when mm-hmm. I was younger, where I was like, oh, I can't really go out to the store because I don't have a job, but I had to work within the confines of what we have at the house. Yeah. But now that I've gotten older, it's like, now I can be a little bit more advanced of like i want to go out and this get this ingredient because i've never seen it before right i want to try it out yeah know, so. that's awesome yeah. so just stay curious stay curious i think when you when you keep that open mind you are able to kind of let your imagination run and see what you can kind of do with your creativity mm-hmm. because when you are able to be open to a creative mind mm-hmm. i think the the world is your oyster basically that's amazing yeah. very well said very well said yeah. the point of this podcast is not only to tell your story but to celebrate how you fought through the tough times and blazed your own trail which you have completely done you were doing gigs in la you have a lot of gigs out here in the county you've built up your prep clientele to fucking a1 mm-hmm. and still growing and you're even appearing on a facebook show called killer bites yeah and i caught an episode of that it was really cool and um do you want to like kind of give our listeners like a little elaboration of what killer bites is absolutely so killer bites is basically a um it's a food it's a food show on steroids basically (laughs) um so it's basically taking a food show along with a true crime series and like if those two had a baby this would be it yeah and i'm basically a food show personality Mm -hmm. on this show and basically, it's a cooking show where I'm just making like cookies mm-hmm. and I basically tell a true crime story. Ooh, right. We all love those. No, it's really cool. And the editing yeah. is amazing. The editing is A1. Like, there, I mean, there was one episode where they put an alien next to me and I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that? Like, it was crazy. And I was like, the editing team did that. That's crazy. And it's like post production after you didn't even know it was there. Exactly. Until after. I didn't even know. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of it is because of like, I'm making like these faces or I'm doing some type of acting on camera. Mm-hmm. Were they able to like? Oh, we could definitely add something into that. You know that reminds so me of like uh, reality TV, like post production, yeah. like Flavor of Love, and mm-hmm. they add like little things that are just Hearts. like hilarious. Yeah, yeah, no, that's funny. That's but exactly what it is. How did that opportunity come about for you? So, as crazy as this sounds, I'm going to try to make long story short. Okay, there was a guy who showed up to kickball, and he just so happened to work at a restaurant years ago uh-huh. and he worked with this girl uh-huh. <laughs> and she went her own way and she started working for this company called Jelly Smack and she okay. was an intern for them. Jelly Smack announced we want to launch a new concept. They're like, we want to launch a food show and a true crime series. We want to put them together. I didn't know that was Jelly Smack. I've heard of them. Yeah. That's oh, okay. Cool. Okay. I didn't hear of them before I started working with them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Looked them up. I was like, wow, this is a huge production company. Mm-hmm. And so that girl reached out to Jeremy, the guy that like, uh, was coming to kickball because mm-hmm. that's how we met, I believe. 
And he was like, oh yeah, I know my buddy Mac. He does this food show and you know, he might be a good candidate for that. He put me in contact with her. She put me in contact with the management that was in charge of launching this new concept. They asked me to send in a 10 minute reel or Mm -hmm. a five minute reel or something like that, just as an audition tape. Basically, I got picked out of 10 people. Wow. I shot two pilots last year. Uh-huh. That pilot got picked up. I've now been a part of that series for 10 seasons. Wow. It's insane. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And I like how you told the story about, you know, meeting people through kickball yeah. and, and all of that. You know so many people. And I, I would like to think that kickball helps you meet a lot of people, gain a lot of connections, but your energy is insane. And just, you're really good at bringing people together. And that's why I love kickball because I was able to meet so many people. Honestly, people don't realize how important it is to just be able to connect and having that type of skill and how far that can take you. Yes. It's very important. 100%. I think it, I think it shows monuments how important connections are Mm -hmm. because it's crazy how like all of a sudden you just meet one person and now that you are connected to them, you've created a bond Mm -hmm. and now like you start following each other's journeys and all of a sudden it's like, I have an opportunity that can easily fall in line with the person I just met. Yeah. And it's crazy how like, the stupid game of kickball did that for me. Kickball is not stupid. I have it's a blast. A, it's a it's a blasty blast. I love <laughs> kickball. I will. It's a ride or die sport for me. Really like is. I will go down until the wheels fall off of that sport. Mm-hmm. But like it's at the end of the day, it's just a stupid little game. Yeah. But like the fact is, is like it's so much bigger than just a game. Absolutely. And I think that's yeah. You know, there's a reason why I've been doing it for six years. Yeah. And man, like I said, we've we've built like this family yeah you know even if we don't see each other Mm -hmm. for a while or somebody misses a few games or seasons i'm sorry it's okay (laughs) i forgive you i uh i do still feel connected to all of the people that i played with absolutely absolutely that's really cool um well sometimes i get really nervous in front of the camera or if i know that uh there's going to be people that are going to see this later Mm -hmm. on how was it on this full production set uh, for the first time. Well, uh, first time, <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest, driving out for the film in the pilot last year, I think it was like literally October and November of last year. Mm-hmm. I was driving out. I was like, are you, you guys sure that you guys got the right guy? Like <laughs> me of all people, you guys want me to carry this series on? It's Mac. Remember Mac? Mac, right? The right? guy, this guy, the guy that just does <laughs> kickball, right? Like you want this guy to do your, That's the face funny. of your series. But I think that was like, I think once I was there and like, I got the positive affirmations from the people that were like, they're like, dude, you're doing a great job. Like mm-hmm. you're killing it. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, it's like, oh wow. Like when you start seeing some of the comments, granted, some of the comments are really horrible, but when you see some of the positive comments, you're yeah. like, maybe I am doing the right thing. You right. Know? And I think not to diminish the fact that I've been working so hard and working so much in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but like the fact is, is like, it is cool that I am that person. Yeah. You know, I think you I think it's very important to take acknowledgement of those moments and just sit in the moment and just be like, I've worked my ass off to get here. Give yourself your flowers. You got Yeah, you got to. You got to give yourself the credit where Absolutely. credit is due. And um, to kind of go back on to when I first started to now, I'm like, I'm getting a lot more freaking comfortable. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm killing it. I'm moving through. Like we're doing five episodes in a day. Wow. And I'm, I'm flying through them. That's a lot of fun um, too. It's, it's five different meals. So, wow. it's, but still it's like, I'm, I'm literally reading a teleprompter, mm-hmm. but you have to bring these words to life. Right. And it's right. like, anyone can sit there and read a teleprompter and be like, 
yeah, this person showed up and killed this person because it's true crime. And but like you got to this person, you got to sell it walking down the stairs. Yeah. And it's like you got to sell it. And it's like, how do you make this a full blown production show? And like Mm -hmm. they're giving me that responsibility and that freedom. And it's like. I'm gonna do this for you guys. Right. So you are also a writer. Um, do you help at all with writing the scripts or, or no, anything they have, like that? Um, they have somebody that writes the scripts for me. Awesome. And I, I read the scripts um, a week in advance and then I just read them, read them, study them. And then once the teleprompter comes up, I've already come, gone over the script two or three times. Yeah. So I know what curveballs are coming or words that I don't know how to pronounce. I've already totally practiced them. And then I could like, Boom, fly through it and really bring the story to life. Do they let you like improv at all? Oh, yeah, and 100%. that's cool. That's yeah, awesome. they, meant, they let me use my hands and do all this stuff and <laughs> use accents that I'm like, oh, what? You know, so <laughs> I think it's a lot of fun being able to like have that freedom that because they're not like, like a lot of fun. read the teleprompter, go. They're yeah, not like that. No, they're just not, like, um, what's his name? Ron Burgundy. Yeah, they're not like, just read the teleprompter, Ron. No, they're very much like, Read the teleprompter, but kind of read it in your own way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the kind of the cool thing is that when you watch those shows, you kind of gravitate to a personality that you more like feel out, I guess you could say. Yeah. And when I am myself, it is it's very transparent on camera. Totally. Totally. The episode that I caught was about um, Oh Girl at Target. I felt bad. Honestly, we've, I, not to sound cocky or anything, but we've done so many. Oh. I don't even remember that one. Yeah. Poor girl. We do five stories in a day. Really? And like, you know, we've done 10 seasons and each season you get 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so far me alone, I've probably done about a hundred episodes. Wow. So wow. the one that you watched, I don't, I can't yeah. remember. Well, she got fucked up and it was, it was sad. <laughs> most of the stories, <laughs> most of the victims, they do get really, br- yeah. br- they're brutal. Yeah. If you like true crime, I would say definitely check it out. Yeah. The stories are cool. They're, they're not very long. No, they're um, like either. Eight to 15 minutes. Yeah. They're like yeah. bite-sized episodes, but the information is very in-depth and it's yeah, really cool. Yeah. You really get into like depth of the story. You start to get, you start to hear like victims' perspectives. You start to hear a witness perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to get a little bit of history about the time that where the story is taking place, yeah. the town that it's in and all that stuff. So, wow. yeah. Really so I know that deep. you've done plenty of episodes, uh, but do you have a favorite episode that you could remember? Um, there was one, I'm going to get pretty graphic on this one. So you can edit this out if you need to. Um, <laughs> we all grown. But there was one where it was way back in the day. I want to say it was like in the 1700s. And there was this woman, and I guess she was like a um, a witch person, I guess you could say. Someone who like read people's futures, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they were called like witch, I don't know what they're called. Like they were called like witches back then or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, she would invite people into their house and she would, um, she would kill them by poisoning them. Mm-hmm. She would break down their bodies, mm-hmm. body parts, and put them into candles. Yeah. <laughs> like melt them down in a wax. No. Yeah. And she got away with like three of them. I'm and then like, here's your bath and body works. Yeah. Candles. Here's like, your really bath and body works. Body yeah. works for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that one was really like, oh God, that's gross. Yeah. But like some of them are just like, you, you read some of them and you're like, I need to listen to a happy song on the way home. Yeah. This no, one was totally. nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, that's. Yeah. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there I mean there are a lot of fun. I mean I mean 
because we're making i think the funny thing about it is that it's very ironic that we're talking about so dark and like something that's so like we shouldn't be talking about this this is really scary Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day i just made you chocolate chip cookies yeah enjoy yeah enjoy everybody (laughs) thanks for watching killer bites that's hilarious that's hilarious but so true at the same time and and the name is very clever and Yeah. yeah i really enjoyed the episode that i watched that was cool so we've talked about comedy, we've talked about cooking, we've mm-hmm. talked about killer bites, some kickball. What would you say is like the most dear to you out of all the hats that you wear? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, out of all the hats that I wear, it's hard to pinpoint one exactly mm-hmm. because I know that I'm in this place right now because of every single one of those hats. Yeah. And it's hard to just like be like, that one's my best one because mm-hmm. like, there's so many different opportunities that I've gotten because of each and every single one that I try. Totally. And it's totally. like, I, right now I could, I wouldn't trade this life for anything, honestly, That's because great. granted again, the monetary value, it, it's not aligned with what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. I could care less because I'm doing so much cool stuff yeah. that I'm so appreciative of. Absolutely. Like being able to do this podcast with you, oh, you thank know, you. Thank um, you. <laughs> and doing so many other opportunities that I've, and people that I've met even, just by doing what I like doing. Isn't it incredible too how someone that you've never met knows of you just from your work? Yeah. Like, hey, I've checked you out on here or oh, I've heard your voice. Yeah. Uh, like for me, it's always like, oh, you're on the radio, huh? I think I hear you. Right. Like from time to time. And I'm like, yeah, like kind yeah, of you're like, kinda like, uh, like uh, oh, I'm a loser. Don't yeah. listen. But just to be able, like you said, to to have these cool things that you're doing that to you, you might just be like, well, I'm just I'm just doing the things that I I'm like. I'm just, uh, just doing what I like doing. Yeah. yeah but to yeah. other people, they're like, yo, that's awesome. That's like amazing. I fuck with you. Like I fuck with you. Real talk. It's, yeah. it's a really nice feeling. It there really is. There is. was um, I was at a bar uh, out in Camarillo and it was a bar that I never go to. Mm-hmm. And I was literally sitting with a couple of friends and someone at the bar came out literally got out of their seat, walked mm-hmm. over to the table I was at yeah. and was like, hey man, you don't know me, but I've been following you for a while mm-hmm. and I want to say, keep it up. I like what you're doing. You have great energy. That's so and cool. again, I didn't want to be that guy that saw you but didn't say hi because, you know, but I had to come over and just say what's up. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that alone, I'm like. It warms your heart. Yeah. I know I don't have like 80 million followers, but like out of the small amount of people that I'm that are following me, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. This mm-hmm. is this is making an impact. That's this is cool. how those huge influences yeah. start though. Like honestly, it, it takes a village and then from that village it expands it to does. a city and mm-hmm. then to a state and then that's yeah. corny. But that's how it starts. And then you blow up and take over the world. You know what I'm saying? We're the come so, up. Yeah, yeah, with the come up for sure. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing like yeah. everything. That's incredible. So let's do some like rapid fire and talk about what's next for Mac, for Max Meals, Max Comedy. Mm-hmm. Where do you see everything going? Um, going, shooting for the stars, whatever that means, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting for... You know, just adding more value to more people's lives. I think I want to hear more stories that in which I know it sounds selfish, but I want to hear more stories about how my food is helping other people. Yeah. And I want to be more on camera. I want to do more work with on camera, whether it's commercials or whether it's um, doing more Max Meals episodes and working with awesome people and bringing out more collaborations and 
um, honestly, just more of doing what I like doing. Just more, more, more of more. that. Absolutely. Because I want to wake up. I, I want to wake up and say, I don't want to say, damn, I have to go do this. I want to say, damn, I get to go do this. Yeah. Because that's really cool. And I think when we get caught up in those moments of like, damn, like I got to go to work. You should be mm-hmm. blessed that you have a job Absolutely. and you're making money. For sure. Damn, I get to go do this. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go do it. Because you can quit if you want. The fact that I get to do all this, these are all get to do's. I get to do comedy. I get to stand in front of a video, stand in front of a camera and make videos. And I a get lot to of do us stuff. don't have like that gratitude until it's it's like snatched away from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? As fast as it comes, it can it can leave you a lot faster. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm very I there's not a day that goes by of like how grateful I am. I'm very, very appreciative of the spot that I'm in and I just try to acknowledge as much appreciation. Um in this life that I have. Cause I, again, I know that it could easily be stripped away so well quickly. Said, man. Well said. Yeah. We are about a little over a month until we're into 2022. Do you have like a short term goal or something that you just want to like knock out before we go into the next year? Um, before the next year. No, no, I didn't write anything down. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't have I don't an answer have for that one. No, no. And it's like such a short term, like, what do you want to do in the next yeah. five weeks? <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? You're like, oh, God, I, I didn't prepare for this one. I didn't prepare for that. No, yeah. no. You don't have to have an answer. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. <laughs> um, if you could describe your mindset to close out the year, what would you say that would be? Mindset. Um, being 100% transparent with yourself. When you are honest with yourself and are able to have that open conversation with yourself in the mirror and it's like, what is it that's bothering me? Mm -hmm. What is it that's, um, why am I losing passion? Why am I losing drive? Why am I losing the fire? When you're able to have that conversation with yourself. What could I be better at? What could I be better at? What can I do to improve relationships? Or how can I be a better better person for whoever I'm dating? Or Mm -hmm. how can I be a better person for my friends or my parents or whatever? When you're able to have that um, ego to the side mm-hmm. and have that open conversation with yourself in the mirror. I think that is what's able to propel you forward mm-hmm. and able to experience growth. Cause if you're living this life, it's all about growing mm-hmm. and when growth, there's more opportunity that comes with growth. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, it's that's a, lot a of gem that. y'all write yeah. it down, actually rewind it 30 seconds and play <laughs> it again. Cause that was great. If you could have a conversation with one of your idols, who would it be? And what would you ask him? As funny as it sounds, and it's going to sound super corny, and I think this lines up with uh, me shopping at Home Goods. But <laughs> if I was to sit down with an idol, I think it would be Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray? Yeah, Rachel Ray. You know what? This is the time where you're like, all right, Rachel Ray, come on out. Yeah, I <laughs> wish. <on>. I wish. <laughs> come on, Rachel. Come on, Rachel. He's he's ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> like Ellen DeGeneres. Well, yeah. <laughs> I heard you want to meet Rachel present. Ray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, she's not here. Oh, it's okay. Sorry. It's but I could definitely see you guys like sitting down and really vibing for sure. I would just like want to like pick her brain about like how she got where she got to where she is now. And yeah. like, I feel like I'm falling kind of like in that pathway because like, Again, like the overall goal of what I want to be doing with my life is having an actual full-blown TV production show. Rachel Ray is goaded simply because, and I'm not a chef, but I did used to watch a lot of like Cooking Network when I was a kid, when I would stay home Mm -hmm. from school or whatever. She's goaded in a sense that she changed cooking shows 
forever for the the better better. and and is such a gem to people that don't have a lot of time Mm -hmm. but are looking for a a good hearty meal for their family and it's quick and easy small amount of time yeah i mean she had that show 30 minute meals and like i think her bringing her personality to the show Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of i think obviously um julia child kind of changed up the game for cooking in general and then you kind of had, she's amazing. Yeah. And then you have people that paved the way after her, like Emeril, you mm-hmm. had Bobby Flay, you had Alton Brown, and then Rachel Ray comes along and she's like this young, spunky, cute girl. Yeah. And then she's like, she, then she does $40 a day. She does 30 minute meals. And then she's on Iron Chef and she's kind of all over the place. Right. And then all of a sudden she has her, her actual morning show. Wow. And it's and then she has her own line of uh pet food. She has her own cookware. Mm-hmm. I mean it's she's all over the place. Yeah. She's a she's a multi-brand mogul, you know? Like I love it. So cool. Shout out to Rachel, man. Shout out to Rachel. And Emerald. What I'm noticing now that I think about it, like a lot of these chefs have great, great personalities. Yeah. Like and I guess, you know, they're just doing what they love. So exactly. it's easy to bring that about. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So I like to close out these episodes with a little quote. And then I have my amazing guests basically kind of expand on it in their own words. Okay. So I used a a comic this time around, Jim Carrey. And he says, fear is going to be a player in your life, but you get to decide how much. Um, I think that is very well said. I think it's there are a lot of things in this life that you're going to be afraid of due to the fact that you've never done them before, mm-hmm. but you just have to try it and see where it's going to take you. Because I mean, you could, as I look back and like, for example, meal prep last year to jump from my home kitchen to an actual industrial kitchen, I was like scared shitless. I was like, yeah. well, I don't know how to turn on the stoves and the ovens. They're so different from the one that I have at home. Yeah, And it's like, just do it. Mm-hmm. And then like, you're like, okay, this is, pretty easy now it's on now it's on okay now what (laughs) and it's like now it's like you're just kind of going with emotions at something that you thought would be extremely difficult Mm -hmm. and now you're doing it and you're like okay this wasn't that bad so it's all about like leveling up and graduating to the next step because again that fear you just got to jump off that ledge and freaking do it, man. Or even having to go from it being a part-time thing to now like full-time. your your full-time, mm-hmm. your only stream of income. Yep. And you're just like, all right, I got to step this up a yeah. bit because I got to make this bread. Exactly. No, that's, that's incredible. Very, very well said. Well, if people wanted to get in touch with you, grab some meal prep or catch an episode of Killer Bites, maybe come play some kickball. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, so you can follow me at Max Meals uh, on Instagram. Or if you want to follow my personal page, you can do Mac Beats. Like, what up, up, Beats? Oh, you know? my gosh. I'm a loser. <laughs> I should, I'll stick to my day job and not be a DJ. Uh, but yeah, so my personal page is Mac Beats. But if you want to follow the food page and the food show, um, you can follow me at Max Meals. And then if you want to find an episode of mine on Killer Bites, that's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just go on Facebook, type in Killer Bites, and you can find us. Uh, a whole page of all kinds of different episodes. There's of, a ton of episodes. Of food, and I'm sure my face will pop up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for pulling up. You were an amazing guest. Energy always on 100. This is why I wanted y'all to hear and have him on the show because 
he's good people and you've got a really good uh, head on your shoulders in the way that you think about life. That's awesome. You knock it off right now. I'm okay. I'm stopping. No, no, you. I think we've done this before. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, no. You say something nice. No, now it's your turn. Awesome. No, you're That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Uh, more episodes of Pulling Up Face and Fears can be found where you listen to your favorite podcast. And to keep in touch, check out upcoming guests or for some daily motivation, follow pulling up face and fears on instagram pulling up face and fears no g's because you're the g thank you so much for listening my name's danica and i'll catch you next time